Mike Sherwood had a feat of a perfect hand in cribbage. 29 mind-blowing points. Mike Sherwood never bragged about this. If that had been me, I would have been calling people with a random 715 area code just to let them know I'd had the perfect hand. I think I told more people about this than Michael. But that was Mike Sherwood. Mike Sherwood was the definition of a craftsman. My wife asked him to design planters for flowers. He grabbed a notebook and within two minutes presented her with a drawing. It contained the measurements and the required materials. Mike Sherwood made wood his bitch. Mike Sherwood hated Morrissey. He was generally ahead of the curve of most things. One day, my dog Harry had a heart attack on our front yard. I called Mike crying, barely able to form sentences. He knew that something had happened to Harry. He dropped everything and ran over. He hugged me and helped me load my dog in the car. He took my keys and drove me to the vet so I could have him cremated. He took care of me on one of the saddest days of my life. Mike Sherwood was also there on one of my happiest days of my life. Standing up with me in my wedding, I'll never forget looking over at him and seeing a tear in his eye. Mike Sherwood had amazingly beautiful eyes. They say the eyes are a way, the gateway to the soul. Mike Sherwood was beautiful inside and out. Mike Sherwood was one of my best friends and favorite people. Mike Sherwood is gone too soon. The following are a collection of stories about an amazing individual. These are the Sherwood Sessions. Sherwood Sessions. This is where friends and family have gathered to tell tales of our fallen comrade. Uh, who do I have with me today? Julie Hitchcock. Mike Sherwood was my friend. Ilya. Mad Serb from uh, other podcasts that may be uh, published on this network. All right. Uh, I believe you two have a couple tales to tell. I have two short stories about Mike. Um, a couple weeks after I moved to Bayview... I went out for drinks with some of my friends for the first time in the neighborhood. Oh, I'm already getting emotional. And I order my drinks. They're slammed down on the table in front of me. Choke on it. And I look up and I'm pretty startled. And the bartender is just glaring at me. And then his face breaks into a big smile. And he says, hey, I'm Mike Sherwood. You just bought the house across the alley from me. Welcome to the neighborhood. This round is on me. From then on, every time I would run into Mike in the alley between our houses, we would talk about our dogs and gossip about the neighbors. But we didn't really become friends until a few years later when I was going through my divorce. And I was sad. And it felt like my world was falling apart. And I usually couldn't sleep because of that. So I'd get up at like one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock, whatever to walk my dogs. And a lot of times I would run into Mike in the alley just as he was getting done with work. I could tell that he was tired and probably hungry and just wanted to go in and see Dozer and Lynn. But Mike would stop what he was doing, look at me, give me a hug, give me a beer, and let me stand there and talk to him as long as I needed to. It was a rough couple of years, but that time in the alley with Mike made it a lot easier. He's a good dude. He was. So, a few years later, finally ready to start dating again. And I had made some really poor choices. But I met this really great guy, this big starry-eyed crush on him. So I went to Mike, because Mike knew everybody. Like, hey, Mike, how's this Ilya guy? Mike looked at me for a minute. He's like, well, he watches too much damn soccer, but otherwise he's a good guy. Like, well, is he single? Can I ask him out? Mm, Mike's like, well, he's shy. 
so don't ask them out. But I've got this. I got you covered. I'll take care of it. About a week later, Mike is working. Elias shows up to watch some soccer. Mike reaches out to my friend Liz to tell Liz that Ilya's at the bar and that the two of us should come down, have some drinks, and I should flirt with Ilya. Next week, the same thing happened. Week after that, happened again. For six months, Mike played matchmaker for Ilya and I. We finally had our first date. We're on almost nine years together, and I don't think that would have been possible without Mike's help. I want to add on to this. Um, we all know Mike Sherwood. He is not the most, um, um, let's just say, yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to, how to, how to, I have no idea that he was trying to set me up with, with Julie. I did have a nickname. Mike used it interchangeably with my real name. So that may have caused some confusion. I was not that familiar with the world of Derby and, you know, I would get cryptic texts about texts from Mike about Norma. What the hell is Norma? But I wouldn't send it back to him because I'm like, Mike, it's Mike. I mean, he's probably high, probably sent it to the wrong person. And then eventually, six months later, I put two and two together. And yes, yeah, Mike was uh, the one that uh, helped to facilitate it. I'm like, then I kept asking Julie afterwards, like, why did you go to Mike? Because he's not really good at this. I'm like, you should have asked Wynn about this. Completely. But I knew Mike. Didn't know Wynn very well. Well, the times have changed. I mean, I was just Disney card to Wynn at that point. Oh, that's right. It was always exciting when you whipped that out. So what was your derby name? Norma Bates. Okay. Did anyone ever do Cunt Dracula? Because I've always pushed for that. Sadly, no. Oh, totally. All right, Ilya, I believe you have a tale? I do have a tale. It's a wild tale. And as I was recalling events to it, because I was trying to place it when it happened, it was well over a decade ago that this happened. Um, and that's as I was going through the timeline, I wrote myself a little thing. It involves soccer. Wynn, and Sherwood, and a few other details. So it started on um, a Saturday morning when soccer matches were on at ungodly hours at 6, 6.30, maybe even 5.30. I go to the bar, and I'm assuming Wynn was working because he generally wouldn't come out and watch the soccer matches unless he was working with us. So um, we were watching the soccer match. No clue what it was. It was just there to be have a couple of drinks, watch some soccer. Sherwood shows up because he liked to do that on occasion, and... We start doing, you know, the typical shots being um, goals. And it worked really well because we had a lot of shots. Well, after the soccer match ended, um, uh, I do recall this being during Lent because uh, we decided it was time to go get some breakfast. And I had some dietary restrictions for Lent like I always do. So we went over to Comet and we get to see um, Kirsten where we had more beer, more shots. And I had some awful breakfast scramble that was a vegan thing. But, you know, you, you, you need to <laughs> you gotta edit that out. We, we needed, I needed to get something into my, into my gut. So then, you know, went in Sherwood and I, and I drove over to the Comet, which wasn't a smart thing to do, but you know, we, we, we went. Once we left Comet, we decided, hey, we're over on this side of town. We should stop at Points East, visit Billiam. Oh, and to get my shotguns. And to get Wynn's shotguns. Mind you, this is now probably 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock or so, give or take, because points didn't open that early. It had, it had to be on a Saturday because um, they don't open that early unless it's for sporting events. But um, <clears throat> we get to points so we have a beer, maybe a shot or two with Billiam. Wynn gets his shotguns from uh, wherever they were stored at points east. We put them into my trunk and decide, okay, what are we going to do next? Oh. Let's go to the um, Sugar Maple. Oh, God, I forgot about that. So we go to Sugar Maple. Uh, what are we going to have when we get there? There's lots of beer selections. And Wynn goes, I know what we're going to have. We're going to have absinthe. Yep. Orders three absinths. I dutifully drink my first absinthe and go to the bathroom after that because, you know, you've been drinking all day. you got to use the bathroom. I come back out, and I don't remember if it was Wynn or if it was Sherwood who smelled or sniffed or whatever, took Took a look at their absinthe and said, yeah, I can't do this. 
Uh, no, I drank mine. So it must have been Michael. So then, I, you know, like, well, it, it's up to you. You should drink it. So I drank the second absinthe, and that was the second and last absinthe I've ever had in my lifetime. Um, <clears throat> so then we decided to go, well, we got to go back to Club G, because that's where Sherwood's car, Wynn's car, and the shotguns needed to be taken. So we get to uh, Club G, and, uh, you know, I pop the trunk. Wynn grabs the shotguns out of the trunk, walks to the front of Club G, and lo and behold, Uncle Billy is over at, um, uh, whatchamacallit? Palomino. Uh, Palomino. Look, happened to be looking out the window right at that exact time and sees Wynn walking into Club G with shotguns. <laughs> <laughs> they had just won uh, Best Bar or something, and he uh, then called over and announced, or no, he came over and announced and said, you know why he'll never win uh, Best Bar in Bayview? Shotguns. <laughs> so, you know, we, we get there, we walk in, you know, when takes some shotguns and you know we've had a long day of drinking this has got to be two or three o'clock in the afternoon i don't remember what it was um and we decided to go our separate ways so then i drive home proceed to uh puke my guts out because i've had two shots of absinthe and an awful vegan scramble of some sort because mind you this was a dozen years ago well at least 10 years ago if not a dozen when the vegetarian vegan food was not quite as good as it is nowadays so, you know, next morning, Sunday morning, I get up feeling like crap. I got to take my mom to a chemo appointment. So as I put my car into gear and turn my head back to back out of the garage, lo and behold, lo and behold what's on my back seat? Some pot. <laughs> Sherwood's stash fell out of his pocket. He didn't know. I didn't know. We were driving around <laughs> boozed up with shotguns and, and, and drugs in the car. <laughs> like it was any other normal day, you know. <laughs> And uh, that's sure what it, and I do recall, you know, several times looking in the mirror when we, when we were driving around and just seeing Mike back there with his big old shit and grin on his face. <laughs> <laughs> were you driving on, uh, what was it, my bachelor party? I did drive on your bachelor were, party. And you got pulled over? And I got pulled over. I don't remember <laughs> what the reason was. Didn't have lights on. Plates? Plates? Or they were expired? Oh, they weren't expired. They were just put the tags probably weren't on. I think I was in the trunk. Was I in the trunk at that point? <laughs> it was an interesting day, nevertheless. Yes, yes, it, it was. And that, that was the, the prototypical day that, you know, weekend that we used to have, at, you know, at the at the old Club G when we used to watch soccer way early in the morning uh, on Satanta. Satanta. <laughs> I'm on Satanta Sports. So... What did we learn from our adventures? You learned that Mike is a outstanding guy that cared about you and wanted you happy. He was a very kind and compassionate man. And we hear all these stories of the shenanigans with Sherwood, but sometimes forget how wonderful he was. And you learned that Mike didn't give a shit if he went to jail or not. <laughs> that is true. He, he didn't care about me quite as much as he did you know, when he finally tried to set me up with Julie. <laughs> It, it, it's an evolution with Mr. Sherwood. Mike's amazing. He's missed. Any parting words for our audience about him? I had a terrible, trashy tenant who had an even worse boyfriend. And they would get in fights and damage my house. And one day in the middle of winter, Mike Sherwood helped me steal one of the trash roommate's boyfriend's shoes. <laughs> he did it for me so I wouldn't get into trouble. Oh, I miss you, Mike. Mr. Ilya, any parting words? Uh, uh, I, I just think about Mike almost every day. You know, he's put me in a great relationship. And he uh, was always kind and had a, a, sh a, a shitty attitude for saying, you know, the best of things. And I miss him dearly. Okay. I think we're going to wrap up our first of the Sherwood sessions then. And that was? Julie. Ilya. All right. Cheers. We're back with another bit of the Sherwood sessions. Who do I have with me today? Uh, Jordan Harrington. Dave Bashaw. Dick Teal. Who would like to begin with their tale of Sherwood? Oh, Mr. Bashaw. Hopping in. Well, I figure I've got... I've got one, so, you know, one that I 
really wanted to say. And, uh, and it's just, um, it was about, well, it was early two thousands. And, uh, as you know, Mike was working a lot of shifts at club Garibaldi and, uh, a few of us were in there one afternoon and we were talking about, you know, just doing some golfing. And so it ended up that Sherwood and I were going to meet Jimmy Schmitz and Zeke at, uh, <laughs> at Warnemont for a quick nine, uh, the next day. And, you know, it was, uh, I think we were teeing off at 11, not that, you know, you really needed any kind of, uh, you know, arrangements to, to go to Warnemont, but, uh, I remember picking up Sherwood, it was about nine thirty, and we went to, um, Scotty's because of course they were open and we had a few and of course, you know, a few extracurriculars on our way to the course and we get there and, you know, we meet up with Jimmy and Zeke and <laughs> we start golfing and we're on the portion of, uh, the course. It, it used to be the back nine and I think now it's the front nine, but there's a water hazard. And so we get up to the water hazard hole and, you know, Zeke and, and Sherwood put it over the water hazard, put it, you know, nearer on the green, but I think Jimmy and I had a little trouble. He put one in the water and I think I duck hooked it over to the bike path or something like that, you know, <laughs> been there. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, more often than you know. <laughs> and so, so uh, I, I go over there and I, well, I'm helping Jimmy, you know, and he's taking his drop and, and hitting it again. And I'm over looking for my ball over by the, uh, <laughs> by the, the, cart path or not the cart path, but the bike path along the lake. And I just happened to look back and Sherwood is fiddling around in his golf bag. And I'm thinking nothing of it. Maybe he's grabbing an extra ball or something like that for putting or whatever. And no, he grabs the pocket fisherman from Ronco. <laughs> And he figures since Jimmy's still got to hit another ball and I'm still trying to find my ball, he's got some time to do some fishing. So he pulls this thing out and he casts it in, reels it back in. On his second cast, he catches like about 11-inch bass. <laughs> <laughs> and it was hilarious. And everybody was like, oh, you know, is that, uh, what's, you know, what's the limit or what's the, you know, what's the size limit or whatever. But this creature was as disgusting as you might imagine from that pond so we all just kind of and he you know put it back in but oh that was just i i couldn't believe that i mean i i no i didn't expect it at all and and um you know you pretty much ask anyone and i have since then ask anyone who golfs with them and they're like oh yeah he's got the he's got the pocket fisherman and he uses it a lot <laughs> So nice bass, right? <laughs> nice bass. Sure would. <laughs> That's fantastic. Mr. Teal, what are you thinking? Uh, well, am I good here? Mike was one of my very first friends in Bayview. Sorry. Mm, I'd say 12 or 13 years ago, we met at Club G uh, when you were also in that group. Uh, Joe Tag, Dave, Max. Maxwell Shavers and it I lived about two three blocks away on South Delaware Avenue so I would walk there after work and walk home and it became a ritual for me on Thursdays to get home from work drop everything and just walk to the G and Sherwood was was working Thursday nights and we would just you know hang out get drunk whatever and he would let me stay after he closed. And we would hang out and we would listen to Junip, um, Jose Gonzalez. And we'd, you know, just continue to talk and shoot the shit, whatever. And he would drive me home because he lived right by a win here and I lived right on the way home. And when he would drop me off, 
he would turn and look at me. He would turn his head and look dead at me and say, get out. <laughs> Every time like clockwork. Um, well, sometimes he'd say, uh, try not to suck some dicks on the way home. Yes, yeah. he, that was another one of his classes. Try, try not to suck any dicks on the way home. Right, something yeah, like that. Or, yeah. As he was, you know, and you're 30 feet from your front door. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a lot of great memories there. Um, Sherwood and I bonded on music and friendship and sports and blah, blah, blah. But I remember Saturdays we would have, um, Sherwood barked on the Saturdays day shifts for a while and we did gangster rap Saturdays and we would just play like all old school rap all day long and drive Joe Dean insane to the point that he actually had rap removed from the jukebox. <laughs> uh, and that's absolutely true story. It is, yep. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I sure what I, I had known for a long time. I became close with them, I would say, pretty quick, where we instantly had uh, just a connection. We just had so many common interests and so many things to talk about. There was never, never an awkward silence or anything like that. And when he would pull the uh, the move where he wouldn't let you close your tab out at the bar, <laughs> was a classic. Or he would fill your straw up with booze when you weren't looking, so you would just suck down a, a mouthful of booze. <laughs> um, is this, this isn't family friendly, no? You can say whatever okay. you'd like. And Sherwood got a kick out of it. There was one day, we were hanging out at the bar, I was sitting next to Ponch, and <laughs> Ponch had said the word devalue for some reason. And I looked at Ponch and I said, I'll devalue your butthole. <laughs> and Sherwood lost his shit. Um, Sherwood brought that up all the time. Whenever him and Ponch and I were together, Sherwood would tell Ponch that he was going to devalue his butthole. Um, but on a more serious note, there was one time that Sherwood and I were sitting outside of this, standing outside of the Newport smoking. And I don't know what we were talking about, but I told Sherwood that I considered him a close friend. And he looked at me with the most sincere eyes he could ever see and said thank you and gave me a hug. That's, yep, that's beautiful. That's him. Uh, the Jose Gonzalez thing you were talking about? Yes. Uh, great song. It was the Knife remix that he showed me uh, to show me what true HD looked like. They did the okay. commercial where they dropped the uh, 50,000 bouncing balls on San Fran down okay. the street. Okay. Very so, cool. I know that he uh, loved that yes. uh, song. So? I'm less um, Jordan again. <laughs> but I don't think I've known Sherwood as long as a lot of people here, but... Um, I don't really have specific, there's so many memories to memory, but I guess kind of how our friendship started. I think I was a regular at Puddlers and he'd never really noticed me and <laughs> came in by like a Wednesday night and he's like, you know, oh, you, you come in here sometime. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know, besides charging me too much for drinks, but <laughs> anyways, we started kind of talking more and more. And then I think the first time we bonded over kind of our, I guess, love of sports, um, we went to our first Packer game. I think it was August of 2018, maybe. We're still kind of the get to know each other phase. It was almost like a uh, so it was preseason. First date. <laughs> it was preseason. Yeah, right? preseason. Yeah. <laughs> you guys you know, were yeah. yeah. We drove park. down there, and I'm kind of like, yeah, this guy seems alright. Kind of times a little weird, but you know, like just <laughs> at times you can't understand if he's sober or high or what. But I mean, we bonded over that. I don't mean we stopped at Kyle's and Coyotes on the way back, and. Um, from there, I think I he found I knew I had season tickets for the Bucks, so I started taking him. I think to his first Bucks game in almost twenty years. It was November of twenty eighteen, I think, and um, I think he was very appreciative of that. And like since then, we really bonded over Brewers game, and I took him to a Brewer game every um, every time for his birthday. And what I'm trying to get to is it led to that. I think most of you guys know the um, turkey testicle he likes to send every oh, oh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, every yeah. Over, every yeah. over and over again to like six times. Yeah. So that kind of started our friendship with that. Um, and I guess to leave on one last thing is kind of show you how much of a humor he is. And the, one of the persons will remain nameless, but we had a mutual friend who was in a... Um, I wouldn't say a bad place, but really grumpy and blah, blah, blah. So we decided one night to order, like, I don't even can't remember what it was, some sort of inflatable doll or <laughs> something like that. And, uh, you know, sure, you know, it works every single night. Um, he, I blew it up. We put it in this guy's 
backyard and um lo and behold a couple hours later he shows up at said bar which you know Sherwood was working and says I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna beat the fucking shithead whoever put this in here and Sherwood's like what the fuck is your problem and he's just like you know you need to be more happier from now on we didn't do is a fucking joke get out of my bar and like you know he just like it kicks the person I mean well the person didn't leave but I think most people know what we're talking about that led to like That's you know well you I, can elaborate that too I'm, yeah but I've <laughs> honestly never met somebody who works in kind of a customer service type role who, <laughs> who hated people more than him. <laughs> that's what I, what the I can't believe. I mean, summarization. I don't, yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Uh, going back to the turkey <laughs> testicle thing that Sherwood did. So this will be uh, a tale I have. Uh, I have a friend who had a friend who dressed his penis up as a clown. And he and Sherwood weren't friends, so I had him text messages to Sherwood saying, do you want a party? Uh, just all these messages, Sherwood blocks him. So around Christmas time, I, of course, found a uh, clown-colored dildo uh, down in Racine. Of course, I forgot it at my mom's house. She found it, asked if it was mine, blah, blah, blah. But I wrapped it up for Christmas and like uh, left the message, do you want a party still? And the sad thing with his passing is I never got to explain or find out. I wanted him to retell me the tale. So right. when his family was cleaning out of their his apartment, I assume they found a giant clown-colored dildo. Oh. <laughs> and uh, and you, you, you're right. I was just. But okay. you're you're right with the uh, with the, there was the um, the. His, Turkey his gobbler, Santa, mm -hmm. but then they uh, also yeah. had the Santa Claus sack. Oh, yeah. don't forget about Easter. Oh. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Bunny always had a bag. <laughs> Oh man, that's well, just. And then yeah. he get you know for my fortieth birthday he gave me a he mailed me a bag of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it. That's the best. <laughs> He's a classic. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. So uh, I've asked everyone this at the end. What uh, what do you what what do you want people to know about Sherwood now? I mean, just how much of a wonderful person he was, no matter like how much of a pissy mood he was. And he would always call you out if you were like a in a bad mood or whatever. And just, you know, he was responsible for me even meeting like everybody here or even expanding my friend circle. I mean, which is just unbelievable. Dave? Well, Mike uh, always meant to me kind of, you know, he was a very good person that we you know when when we had the lockdown over the pandemic you know I was always very conscious of like people who lived alone and you know I would try and reach out to him and he'd reach out to me <laughs> with a text and go hey FaceTime shot <laughs> MFR, you know, and, and I'd be like, yeah, let's, you know, so he was just as worried about my sanity as I was about his. And he was just a, just a great guy. And like he said, you know, just off the wall, you know, pocket fisherman and his, in his uh, golf bag kind of guy, you know, and uh, I just, uh, I loved him, loved him dearly. Any parting thoughts? Yes. I would say, um, Anybody that knew Sherwood even a little bit knew that he was a kind-hearted, great soul. Um, he would put forth, like you said about the service industry, he's in the uh, service industry, but he hates people. <laughs> um, you, it was really easy and fast to learn that whatever face he was putting on and whatever act he was putting on was was a joke. It, it was all not bullshit, but it, it wasn't him. Um he was so much more than that. Um, if you actually talked to him and had a real conversation with them, you know, um, that he was a lot deeper than than that. That's very true. Very intelligent, blew me away. Great chess player too. You would you wouldn't know it. Just a a fucking great guy. Yes, you know, I, I never thought I would miss. Uh, people texting me at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m. more than I missed his text, which is, I think yeah. most people can agree about those early morning, late night 
Oh, random yeah. text. Yeah, exactly. Random is not really the word. Like sometimes you just look at it and go, what? "Oh, okay. <laughs> well, what, what he, what, what does he mean?" Yeah, but, yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I think we're gonna wrap this one up. I want to thank Jordan, Dave, Dick, <laughs> and Dick. <laughs> You didn't even add the and. <laughs> He's just dick. <laughs> thank you guys for coming out. Uh, although, thank you for doing all this for us, too. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Alden. All right. Cheers, guys. And welcome to a brand new edition of the Sherwood Sessions. Who have I got with me today? I'm Christian. Matt. Jason. Brett. And over there on the digits, which I've forgotten to say a few times, who really went out of his way today and made this happen is Aldo. <laughs> Did you do that without moving your lips? That's perfect. Aldo. All right. We're here today to talk about our uh, fallen comrade, um, great guy, Michael Sherwood, who, um, who would like to tell a tale? I'll, I'll go. <laughs> That's me, Christian. Aldo. <laughs> Aldo. Aldo. Um, so I uh, I used to go to Puddler's Hall. You still go there. What? Oh yeah, no, I guess I've been there. I, I um but I used to go on Sherwood shifts. I think it was Saturday night, and um he uh was awesome, so I'd go there every week. And one time I was going to go home i was closing out and i'm like hey sherwood i'm gonna go home i'm gonna get high and i'm gonna go to sleep he's like hey man don't worry about it i got you covered so he gives me a gummy <laughs> a little edible and i took a little and i i don't know if you know me or not but i don't really smoke weed i don't really do that too often but I, uh, it was like a little gummy bear, and I took a little bite of an ear, and I was like, oh, that should do me. <laughs> and he's like, he looks at me, he's like, what are you doing? He's, and I'm like, oh, just, you know, I'll just feel it out. I'll save the rest for later, I guess. <clears throat> and he's like, no, no, these, these are, uh, you're going to want to take the whole thing. These are really weak. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, I trust you. You smoke some weed i've heard from other people <laughs> so so I heard. So, <laughs> so i pop the thing in my mouth and i i'm sitting there and you could see like the little smirk on his face <laughs> and i had a full beer and i'm like looking at him all side eyed and he just starts he does that sherwood cackle <laughs> and <laughs> can you do it <laughs> no, I cannot. <laughs> I yeah. Um that was yeah, that was actually yeah. <laughs> That's what he do you yeah, really yeah. fucked up. Right. But he went into full laughter. So I'm looking at him and he's like just laughing and I'm like, I'm closing out. <laughs> he's like, Yeah, yeah, I'll get and he starts helping other people. I'm like, dude. <laughs> Dude, I'm closing out. I'm closing out. Closing out. See your metamorphosis. And like he finally like brings over the card, like closes me out. And I get home just in time for me to lay in bed and drool and maybe maybe I turn on the television. I don't even know. Like I just I have no idea. Like at that point I was so high. I had no idea what was going on. And um, it was just a funny, you know, Sherwood moment where, uh, he got me fucked up intentionally when <laughs> I did not want to be that way. <laughs> and you want to be a little that, that way. <laughs> well, no, I wanted to be, but not there. <laughs> and yeah, that's it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, if we'll do bartending stories. Is I think I maybe don't know about a year, and he was doing day shifts at G's on Saturday, and uh, Sid and I stop in. We're the only two people in the bar, and 
talking to Mike and doing whatever and just hanging out. And this guy comes in and it's summer, which is already annoying that he has a trench coat on <laughs> and he's wearing sunglasses inside the bar. And for five minutes, he's staring at the menu on the chalkboard, just sitting there staring at didn't say a word, didn't order a drink, didn't come to the bar. And so we're just sitting there talking to Mike. And finally, he turns around, goes to Mike, he goes, you guys have any menus? <laughs> and Mike goes, Mike goes, take your fucking sunglasses off and maybe you can fucking read it, you moron. Uh. <laughs> And I was like, do you know that guy? He's like, no. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> this is, this is a, that's how you talk to people at, at Club G's. I'm like, I like this place. <laughs> uh, you fucking so. <laughs> I mean, if you want to, it's like, got any menus? <laughs> Uh, for those of you that don't know, that's like such a giant fucking menu. Uh. <laughs> then, but like, you know, and it's just like his level of, you know, once you get to know him, of what he'll screw with you. And it's like, and he, it was fantasy football. And when and I had taken over as commissioners, maybe like our second year doing it. But then we gave it up to Kevin Christensen. Because <laughs> we were terrible. Right. So Mike isn't on Facebook. Like, why are you on Facebook? People want to connect with you on Facebook. Mike, come on. He wouldn't do it. So he would never be a part of the group chat. So unbeknownst to me, Kevin was always aware of that and would text him and the dates and this. And I'm, I'm out doing something and I get a text from Mike. What the fuck? You scheduled the fucking draft at the same time as my other fucking draft. I'm like, what are you too dumb to multitask? <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, fuck you, like this. And I'm like, I'm like, what is going on? And I call him on the phone. I'm like, dude, what is up? He's like, screw you, you pieces of shit. <laughs> he's gonna listen. It's like, I'm like, where are you? And he's like, I'm at Puddlers. I'm like, don't move. <laughs> <laughs> and I come flying into Puddlers, and there he is sitting at the table. <laughs> I'm like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> He's a good button pusher. Oh, yeah. That's the two I can think of now. Maybe we should go to Brett. I mean, um, yeah, like I was just thinking about it on the way here. It's like, I have so many stories, but I'm sure, like everybody, I can't think of like. One definitive story. It's, uh, you know, when I first started bartending, I would go see Wynn and uh, Sherwood at Garibaldi. And before I even started bartending, I would just watch them behind the bar. And I definitely just try to take a lot of what they do when I bartend now. But um, kind of to what Jason was just saying, I was always fascinated. And they talked about it um, earlier, too. I was fascinated with, like, how... Um, how gruff he was behind the bar with certain people and how he'd get away with it and how people would almost like love to get roasted by him. So you'd come back and back just to get fucked with. Um, and then we were talking about it today. Um, I had forgotten about it for years till Tim Creed posted on Facebook, his car alarm. Um, so he had like an aftermarket car alarm for his um, Subaru. Subaru. Yeah. So this gruff guy that was always giving people shit, you never got to see him sweat. Um, he would just completely flip the script when his car alarm would be going off. He'd be like in the middle of fucking with someone and then be like, hold on, I'll be right back. And then he'd like run around the bar with his like fucking rag on still and go outside. And then like to a stranger would be like, excuse me, ma'am. Um, I know you don't know me. Could you lock your car again? And you know, the lady's like, fuck you, get the fuck away from me. He's like, I understand. No, I understand. Um, but your car alarm just set off. Um, you're you're locking your car set off my car alarm. That's the car alarm you hear. And like every once in a while, you know, the person would be like, after like pretty quick exchange, they'd be like, oh, okay, I'll hit it again. And then would go off. And then he'd come back behind the bar. Sometimes it would honestly be like 20 minutes in between those where like he would he would fight this battle, get back behind the bar, be like, God, I hate that fucking well, car alarm. I, I that fucking, and then it would go off again. Someone else would be. I, I think it had its own Facebook page, but he's not on Facebook. <laughs> oh, so how the fuck was he doing? God, it, I mean, it made me laugh so hard. Um, I mean, the guy just, like I said, he would, he'd get away with murder behind the bar. Um, but like, I'd go see him just to see him, um, dress somebody down like that. It was the greatest. Um, yeah, I, I, I never have any shortage of like memories of that. I, I'm such a goofy outgoing guy. I'm always having a good time, but I would always, I do that to like anyone I see on the street. I'll just drive up and be like, Hey, you want to make like two bucks the hard way or something like that? Something stupid. <laughs> but every time I did that to Sherwood without fail, um, he would just turn straight face and go, 
nobody cares, Brett. <laughs> and it got me every time. Like, he was, like, ready for it. I don't know how. <laughs> nobody cares, Brett. And then, like, if I saw him at a bar late at night, and I'm, like, waving to him, like, maybe the Newport or something like that, waving to him, he would, like, across the bar be like, nobody cares, Brett. <laughs> just yell that in the room. Do you, do you, remember, do you remember when... Uh, oh, I'm going to miss the guy. He just made me laugh so fucking hard so many times. Do you remember when I was at Corazon at the bar and you came in after? Yes. So before that setup, so he's going, I like the green sauce, but, like... Oh, like, my God. Like, he like, did the same thing like, he did to Christian with like, the try, edible. He's like, try this <laughs> try this sauce, and it's like, it's a green sauce. He just, No, he just handed me green sauce, but it was this new nuclear It was version. a green, like, with a reddish hue. <laughs> so I got, I got it. I got to go to high to work. I, I put it all over my tacos. I ate them, and then and then I'm screwed. Brett comes in. I'm the sweatiest person in the, and on I, earth. I'm and just I, doing this right now. I'm starting to like profusely sweat. Sure, it's like laugh, laughing at me, but I'm trying to now do it to Brett. <laughs> no, he literally he can't he can't sell me on that at all. He's like he's dripping, it's like lips are dripping sweat. And he's like, you gotta try it. It's amazing salsa. I was like, how you gotta fucking Like, look how hard. sweaty you are. I gotta go to my shiftist. I don't want anything to do with that. I came to get like one shot with Sherwood, give him some money, and go to my shift. But yeah, all of a sudden he's trying to do the Sherwood. He's like, try the salsa. It's really fucking good. I was like, ah, no, I'm I'm good on that. Sherwood's like, I fucking fucked him. You know, I think right away he's like, oh, I fucking got him good. He's like, that shit's like nuclear hot. I don't know. I just, I mean, like I said, racking my brain thinking about stories is like, I just have so many. Just all those little moments with him. He always made you laugh constantly. Um, I feel like I'm yelling into this microphone. Um, he always made you laugh just constantly with just all this little little snippets of shit. And he just, he never, um, there's never a dull moment with him. You're always laughing when you're around him. I, I'm going to miss the guy. He was great. And uh, we can still take him with us with these stories. So we got to. I think that's that's one of the reasons I wanted to do it to uh, let people uh, remember that. And the car alarm, you lived around the oh. corner from me. Oh, yeah. oh, that's right. And it was set on ours. So every night I would do that. <laughs> every time we locked our car, it would immediately oh set God. the fucking thing off. I forgot about that. And then I think Kirsten was saying that, like, there's like notes on his car every morning. <laughs> exactly. You piece of shit. Yeah, yeah it's like, <laughs> that's so great. He's like, there, I'm not doing this. And guys, are we missing the obvious on this? It's like, He's a smart guy. You just disconnect a freaking horn or something, something, but he, you know, the deep down, he liked this. Oh, one hundred percent, probably <laughs> made life interesting. Matt, I have just, I was thinking of the very first time really interacting with Sherwood, besides just like getting a drink at Newport or something. I think it was either like twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen. It was the chili cook off. And so Evan, my buddy, uh, and I were planning on doing it together. Evan's family is a good, uh, they, they enjoy, um, going to Newport and supporting Evan and his, and his chilies and stuff. But for whatever reason this year, uh, or the, this particular year, Evan decided not to make one, but he still invited his whole family to, to Newport. So I was like, okay, well, I mean, it's like a Packer game, so we're still going to watch the Packers and whatnot. But, uh, so I, I think I just made some kind of, it was nothing too crazy. I think it was like a pulled pork chili. It wasn't bad. I've definitely have done better since, but I did end up winning. And I think it's just because Jesus Christ, Evan's fucking <laughs> so full of yourself. I know Not my best work. I won first place. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? It's well, conclusion. Yeah. I won but I won everything. Right. Anyway, Let him finish. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but it's like, I mainly won just because of Evan's family. But then I just remember Sherwood was working behind the bar and just straight faced said to me, your chili was cold as I was like, <laughs> like, and after that, I'm like, Oh fuck, I think I just made an enemy today. <laughs> but then it was just like a thing where it like eventually I kind of interacted with him more. And that's definitely like, yeah, straight face. Like he's going to give you some, oh, some yeah. tough love, fuck with you a little bit, but you know, he means well with it. So yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a slow burn relationship with Sherwood and but like every time it kind of went to that next level inside I was like yeah he's like a little bit more my friend so yeah I'll definitely uh miss him a lot as well oh yeah he's a good dude so from the stories I've heard uh people go to visit Sherwood to be as you said dressed down they must be a little sadomasochistic they like to be mm -hmm. taken down a level <laughs> he was very entertaining mm. As we're uh, wrapping up this session, I'd like everyone to, uh, something you'd like them, that you'd like to have remembered about Sherwood. I'm going to start with you, Christian. 
Uh, yeah, he's uh, my my birthday brother. Uh, he's my golf partner. Um, I just I've known him for I don't know how many years, decades, and just always a really really good dude. Just uh, I'm tearing up as I'm saying this. Like just a great great guy, and I miss the shit out of him. So. Well, and it's Jason, but uh, I've I've never I've never met any more anybody more selfless. I mean, I'm one of the most selfish people I know, so that's probably not hard. Um, but every Fourth of July, he'd buy corn. It'd be he'd be hungover, sweating to death, it's hot as hell. He's in front of the grill for three hours making this corn. It's like Mike, you don't have to do this. He's like, no, I want to do it, but and you know, and anything you needed, this guy. You know, he'd, he'd do it for you And it, it made me a better person You know, like he'd say, hey, you know, would you do the Would you grill at Puddlers for my golf team every year? I'm like, no freaking problem He's like, what do you need? I'm like, nothing Like, he's like, well, I'll buy you drinks And I'm like, I'll take it easy on you <laughs> <laughs> But, you know You know, anything, it, it didn't matter And then, you know, that's with like it, You know, it's just It's a one of a kind person, you don't, you don't see that a lot Oh yeah And I think, I mean, that's like, you know, why we all Um with Wayne and Kirsten inviting us here, that's why we all showed up in droves. It's like, um, he's such a gruff guy, like, um, always doing a bit, always kind of roasting people, but, um, kind of what we've talked about, it's like, if you really knew him, he had such a big heart, he'd give you the shirt off his back. And, um, the, the thing I always took from him too, is like, if, um, if he truly like hated someone, they were a terrible person. <laughs> um, there's only like a couple people I can think of, but he really fucking hated certain people. And you know, the more you got to know those people, you're like, that person is terrible. Um, so yeah, I mean, like what Matt was saying before, like when he first met him, he's giving him some shit. But it's like, that's a good sign right away from him that he, yeah, he likes you. You know, if he just fucking doesn't even talk to you, he hates you. So and he, he's the owner of the greatest Yelp review of all time. Oh God. Goddamn right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it was, um, yeah. Um, like, like Brett was just saying, it felt good getting roasted because it felt like he he was seeing something else uh, about you, and it was something good. So, yeah, I don't didn't know. didn't pony punches just always shot from the hip, right? Like uh, the last fantasy football draft we were in together, Aubrey showed up near the end. She goes, How, "How's the draft going, Sherwood?" He's outside, and he goes, uh, "I did a lot better than your fucking boyfriend." <laughs> and I was like, on the way home, I was like, "He did. He drafted a lot better." Than <laughs> He almost he won that league. He was the first or second every damn year. Uh, drafts a lot better than your fucking boyfriend. I was like, he's not lying. I couldn't I couldn't say anything back. I was like, he's right. Uh, the team he sucks. Took second place last year. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. And the money was donated to JR Pups and stuff. Yeah. Nice. So, which is nice. Uh, the playoffs started so early. Controversy. He was fucking pissed about that. <laughs> of course he was. <laughs> that was fucking weird. Well. Uh, I think that great, you should go over the Yelp review. Oh, yeah. So these Marquette kids come into Club G's and they order a bunch of wings. And then the Yelp review, it says, it said, uh, Club Garibaldi's, the wings were good. The The bartender came by, dropped them on the table from like two feet in the air and said, choke on them. <laughs> <laughs> Which he'd say that to me all the time. I, I think it was fucking choke on them. Fucking choke, choke on them, boys. Like, you know, they look up the eyes and drop them and walk away. <laughs> Well, I think we'll bring uh, this session to a close. Uh, if anyone thinks of stories along, if you're hanging out, please, we can get you back on. Um, great seeing everyone here. Uh, he would be ecstatic right now with everyone here. He would be like, all you guys are a bunch of righteous motherfuckers. And the fact that we're celebrating him through this, I think, would make him eternally happy. So thank you for everyone that's come out so far. And on that note, I think we'll... Uh, Wrap it up. I had Christian, <laughs> Jason, <laughs> Brett, and Matt. And uh, over on the digits, Aldo. Hey, that was well done. <laughs> All right. Cheers. Love you, Mike.